Hey guys, I just wanted to give you all an advanced trigger warning that we do talk about some heavy stuff in this episode, mainly surrounding the death of a child, and I do share some personal experience that I had in that arena since I lost a brother at about the same age that Sumi lost her sister in A Tale of Two Sisters. I think it's a great episode and I really hope you guys enjoy it. But I wanted to give you a warning in case that sort of stuff really bothers you. Believe me, I understand. Let's get into the episode. Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Matthew R., Isaac, Brandon, Kate, Ori, Eddie, Tristan, Dave, Sasha, Karun, Odem Bones, Nick B., and Chris. And Chris and all the patrons want you all to know that you are loved, you are listened to, and you are a valued member of this Horror Virgin family. If you want to listen to their continued patriotical saga, listen to the end to see what happens next. Hey guys, I found the theme music and hung itself in the closet. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because it found Ugh. out that we use different theme music on our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> different if it was Taylor two brothers because then the ghosts would just nut shot each other like you know and- <laughs> <laughs> thank you for tuning into the horror virgin on page i'm mikey and i'm your horror virgin todd which means i don't like scary movies and you guys make me watch them and this week you guys made me watch a tale of two sisters that's right now page this was your pick because this is kicking off page month. Oh, the welcome to the podcast page Yay. month. Yeah. And page, this was, emphasis on was, your 10. This was my 10. So I, as I kind of described on the last episode, uh, when I saw this, I saw it in class. It was required and it was yeah. in almost like a movie theater setting. I do think this is much scarier in a movie theater setting. Yeah, I can see that. Me too. But also what I realized upon rewatching it is once you know the twist to the movie, it's no longer scary. <laughs> I will argue that it's not really that scary. <laughs> if Todd is coming at you with that game early on. You no, know, it's fair. But in your defense page, I will say I saw this during the day because you told me it was yeah. super scary. So I watched it. All the lights on, sun bright outside and subtitles. Right. So that sort of takes mm-hmm. me out of it. So I'm not fully immersed. I'm not mm-hmm. encompassed in darkness like you were when you watched it. But and there were so, I jumped a few times like it's not a one for me, but it's not anywhere close to hereditary, which is my take. Yeah. You're missing out because I watched it in the dark, learned Korean. <laughs> Mikey, your commitment to this podcast <laughs> continues to astound me. Ah, yo, Baseo. Um, <laughs> so I thought it was really creepy, but Paige like hyped it. To I the did. Mo- I fully did. I thought the walls were gonna turn into like spiky tentacles and just oh. like destroy everyone. So you, I, um, <laughs> I just thought it was gonna be more like the Grudge, which was really yeah. scary to me. Yeah. Well, and what I think we probably maybe should do eventually is watch the original Grudge Juwon, and we should probably watch Ringu, the original Ring. Yeah. Um, because I feel like they have kind of a similar feel to this but i think the reason this got me so bad and the reason that hereditary is such a high rating for me too is the emphasis on visuals that are unnerving like unnerving really gets me way better than any jump scare ever will like if you want to terrify me with a movie unnerving yeah and hereditary does a great job of both that and jump scares which i think is why it's my 10 because i'm the same way page 
unnerving imagery like in hereditary and we've already talked about this so i'm not i don't feel like i'm spoiling it for people but there's right. that scene where she like floats out of the room behind the sun yes it's not jump scary but it's freaky as shit and like really gets me yeah i'll get to it when we get to the scene that made me jump and throw a computer at somebody the first time i saw it yeah you make it sound like you beamed somebody like patrick wilson and insidious 2 i was like (laughs) is this a teapot or a computer afterwards i found on youtube that there's just that isolated clip it's so good everyone needs to watch that yeah if you just want to watch patrick wilson just nail her in the head with (laughs) a teapot you can it's amazing i've sent it to like 14 people (laughs) but i think one of the things with this movie this was early on i had not seen a lot of horror that wasn't campy 80s horror when i saw this movie oh okay and so i think in the interim I have definitely become desensitized. Sure. Because I watched Hereditary. I would still rate it an eight or a nine, but I loved it and was able to like separate the two. Yeah. The first time I saw this, I was just like, fuck no. Oh my God. Like knew it was a good movie, but was so terrified. Yeah. And I think now I just have to find a new tent. I don't really want to come with you on that journey, but yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to. I'm with you, Paige. Let's find some, let's find some tens. Oh. Let's find a ten. Let's find a ten. Let's get weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mikey, aside from being confused, what did you think? Oh, I like the like the style and the cinematography and the music. Like I, it set the stage of like a creepy ghost housey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I love movies like that. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. I just feel like... I either feel like I lost something in translation or I wasn't understanding something. Cause I feel like I was like, I was like, I feel like they have all the pieces and I feel like I have two thirds of the pieces. They're like laying down photos and there's dramatic music. And I'm like, those are people that looks like she looks like she's learned something. She's learned something really important here. Um, I don't know what she's learning, but the plot's moving forward without me. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. So like Mikey, I completely agree. Like during some scenes, I was like, Oh, something has been revealed to her. Right. Yeah. And maybe I'm just not supposed to know it yet, but I was supposed to know it then, and I did not. <laughs> so I had to, at the end of this, look up the movie. In fact, Natalie did, and she like read the plot and sort of explained to me what we missed while we watched it. I'm super excited for you both to do it because I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't watch. I didn't read anything about it. I went in fresh because like, okay, this yeah. is page ten. I don't want. I don't want to. I want to be into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like the the mom would say something, or like the stepmom would say something, or the daughter would say something, or the dad would say something. There'd be like a musical cue, and everybody would look like they learned something. And I'm like, I. <laughs> um, I will. I will yeah. say so. After I watched this movie the first time, I then had to sit same day. So like we watch the movie, movie's done. You go for your break, then you come back for the last hour and a half of the course or whatever. And we had to sit through a lecture on color theory in this movie. And so I got like a masterclass on what the plot of this movie is. And even so, I had missed a portion of the ending until watching it this time around. (laughs) So I get it. So in my mind, I feel like the film is good. I understand why people like it a lot. You may need to watch it two or three times before you fully get what's going on. But to me, that means it's not a great movie. If I can't watch it once and understand what's happening, it's not great. But now I will say that may just be because it's lost in translation, as Mikey said, right? I wonder if 
some of that may be it. Now, granted, knowing the end and knowing what was going on, I saw where they set everything up, but it's very visual. It's not spoken. Yeah. And so I think that's where a lot of stuff gets lost. I think we see everything we need to see, but we don't hear it and we don't have an explanation for it. It is the characters discovering something. Yeah. And assuming that we have discovered it at the same time. If anything, I think this movie is guilty of showing too much and not telling enough. Yeah. Like the ending, I was like, this all looks really crazy. I'm going to need someone to kind of like summarize it. I, I mean, I, I just felt like an idiot. So let's let yep. Paige summarize it. Do you guys want to get into this fucking movie? <laughs> yeah. Do you, I mean, do you want me to summarize now or just as we go? Let's just do it as we go. As we go, please. Okay. All right. So we open this movie on credits over a green floral pattern. Yeah. Green is actually very important in this movie as it denotes who is real and who is not. Red is also very important in this movie oh. because it can also give you some grounding for which characters are intera interacting with what, what their feelings are about them. But green is specifically tied to certain touchstones in the movie, namely the wardrobe and the sink. Okay. Those are two very important green things, including the green dress. Gotcha. Uh, so keep those in mind. Okay. So green is they're alive. No. Yeah. Gr green is they're dead. Yes. All right. Now, <laughs> red is they're alive, but they may or may not be real people, if that makes sense as a distinction to you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So what blew my mind about this hearing about it afterwards is it's not like a ghost. It's not like split personality. It's like everything. It's everything. Yeah. yeah. So we open on a bowl of water where someone is washing their hands. We pull back and it's a doctor. A doctor should know you should not wash your hands in a static bowl of water. You're not cleaning anything doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I also don't know why he washed his hands. He didn't touch her. He's not a medical doctor. No. <laughs> like, I don't understand. But we pull back and it's a doctor. He pulls up a chair at a table where he's got files on the table. They bring a patient in and seat her in the chair opposite, and she seems largely non-responsive. She looks a lot like the ring girl. Just a little older. She yes. does. With her hair down, covering her face. Like, it's very yeah. similar imagery to the ring. So she's dead in this scene? No. <laughs> no, Mikey. In fact, she's not dead the entire movie. Yeah, she's not dead at all. But, but it's green. There's no green in this scene. It's a lot of white and a table and two chairs. What movie did you watch? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he proceeds to ask her, how was your day today? She doesn't respond. Oh, he asked her a bunch of questions and she just yeah. straight up ignores him. Who do you think you are? He's showing her photos. <laughs> do you know who this is? Is this your yeah. family? Can you tell me about what happened that day? Yeah. Now, there is some debate online as to whether or not this scene happens before she goes home or... After she comes back. Yeah. So in my mind, this was a flashback. Although from what Natalie told me after reading the plot, it's not. I, I don't know what is true, though. And I could definitely see why there is some debate because it's not super clear. I have always interpreted this as a flashback personally in watching the film. Okay. And you will find conflicting accounts online. Believe it or not, it doesn't really change the story. No, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. But regardless, from that point, we launch into the rest of the story she raises her head and we cut to a car ride out into the countryside where she and her sister arrive at the country house. Yeah. Uh, the father gives their bags to a butler that we never see again. Yeah, he opens the gate for them, takes their bags <laughs> inside, and then disappears for the rest of the movie. I thought he was just the cab driver. 
<laughs> oh, he might have been actually. Well, no, because no, because they the, have a car. Yeah, no, he opens the gate for them. There's no way the cab driver uh. opened the gate while driving. What what I thought this was is if you have like a vacation home where you don't spend a ton of your time, you probably have somebody managing that property for when you're not there and they would be getting it ready for you when you arrive. Yeah, and he probably doesn't manage it when you're living there, right? So he just got it ready, let them in, and then boned out. Right. You guys think it was a smart choice for him to bring her back to this house when she gets out? Absolutely not, no. I think this movie really, really sets up that he is a bad father. It hammers it home. Not just a bad father, a bad person, but yeah. At one point he says, I know I'm a bad father, and she says, you're not even a bad father. Which is basically like you're not even that Which is so, so crazy That's so worse The girls get out of the car, they stare up at the house The younger sister rushes over to a bush And tries to eat some of the flowers But it doesn't seem to taste good Which seemed weird to me Like I've done the honeysuckle thing when I was a kid But they weren't honeysuckles There are flowers you can eat Sure. I think they're just giving her something to do To kind of demonstrate that they're two separate people Even though we will find out later that they're not Um, The (laughs) older sister Sumi, the younger sister Su Young uh, Sumi walks around the house She calls out to Su Young And they run around the property and then out to the dock where they dangle their feet in the water and kind of lay back in the sun. The older sister reads the younger sister's palms and then a voice calls for the older sister. Which one's the older one? Sue me. Just remember this, Mikey. Sue Young is the younger sister. The main girl. Yes. The main girl is Sue me. The oldest. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you notice, this was something I noticed on a second repeat viewing and spoiler alert. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched the movie, no one ever calls for both of them. They only ever call for Sumi. Well, yeah. And the dad never talks to Sue Young. Never, ever. Never once in the entire movie. I knew that twist of it way early because the first time that Sumi and the dad are having a conversation, Sue Young is framed out of the shot. So yeah. she's not even in the shot with them. Mm hmm. But we'll get there, yeah. They run back to the house. The house is kind of dark, even in the middle of the day. They walk in, and there's a figure standing facing the window. It turns and says, welcome home. And then it is rapid-fire dialogue. She's very talkative, yeah. She's got a lot to say very quickly. Yeah, it's almost manic. We find out that this is the stepmom. She's disappointed they didn't say hi. They don't really respond to her. She asks if something's wrong. She turns to Sue Young and says, I see that you feel better. You're taking after your mom, which is going to come into play later. The older sister... She turns to Sue Me and says, I see that you feel better too. They turn to leave and she just says, right, you're both tired. Like they don't talk to her. They just like, fuck you lady and leave. Yeah. They go upstairs. She calls after them that she's preparing a special dinner. So take your time. There's a lot to prepare. They go to their rooms. The older sister opens the curtains to let light in. She adjusts the clock on the wall. Well, she like restarts it. She restarts the clock on the wall. Right. I thought it was weird that she then pulls out her books and puts them on the table that have the same books. Yes. So this is one of the clues that things might not be what they seem, is that there's two books. And there's a similar reveal a couple scenes later, literally like one scene later. Oh, yeah. So she sets the books down on the desk. There's two sets of books. She opens the wardrobe where she finds multiple outfits in the same patterns, which is strange. Yeah. But she finds literally only her outfit from a certain day. We cut back down to the stepmom who's walking around the bedrooms downstairs collecting and setting out like clothes and linens and things. Until it was revealed that she was the stepmom, I just had her in my notes as the talkative lady. 
the talkative lady. <laughs> but as she's kind of setting out the laundry, collecting dirty laundry, putting clean yeah. clothes away, she finds duplicates yes. of laundry that she's putting away. As that's happening, we cut to the father on the phone and he's saying, things aren't good right now. It would help a lot if you came. Let's talk later. Uh, did I tell you our friends are coming over? It'll be all right. I'll take care of it. Yeah. And so it seems that he's already we we have heard some inklings of that the girls have come home from being sick potentially and he's saying it's not okay. I think if you're watching this on a first viewing, this scene gets kind of lost because yeah. you haven't already put the pieces together. Yeah, I mean for me I was like, "Oh, okay, he's just talking to maybe their mom or right. you know, somebody and he's saying, "Hey, someone's coming over for dinner, that'll be helpful." But they're right. not right in a great space right now. That's what I thought watching it the first time. I was like, okay, right. well, he's just having sort of a general conversation with a friend right. about sort of what's going on that day, which I, sort of fits, but it doesn't give you any more information than you already had. Right, exactly. Uh, we cut to dinner that night uh, where, again, stepmom is overly talkative. She's talking about how they've invited their friends over the weekend. It'll be nice for them to see the girls, and the father doesn't respond. Uh, in fact, he basically ends dinner there. He's like, that was delicious. I have things to tend to. You must be tired. Clean it up tomorrow. And he basically hands her two pills. Yeah. He like puts them down in the center of the table. Yes. And I was like, well, there are only two pills and there are three other people there. So who yeah. are these pills for? That was a clue to me that one of them was not real. Right. Right. But it's actually more than one of them. Yes. Now, the stepmother is clearly upset. She asks if Sumi had touched her dad's clothes, and that's why they were duplicates. Yeah, they sort of fight over who's supposed to be doing the laundry. Yeah, and then... Which I thought was interesting. Right. And then Sumi turns around and asks if the stepmother had touched her books and touched her things in her room. Yeah. So they're both kind of like, get out of my way. Get yeah. out of my stuff. Yeah. But to me, it wasn't as insane to have, you know, similar laundry. Yeah. I have clothes that are similar. Like, I have a few black right. pairs of sweatpants and stuff like that. Like, it would make sense that there are duplicates of that. The duplicate of the very specific, like, flowery books is yeah. weird to me, right? The laundry, it's two identical sets of folded laundry. Yeah, but that seems less unique to me than two yeah. unique books. So the stepmom's not real? No, she's not. Spoiler alert. That's that's a reveal about three quarters of the way through the film. Yeah. There are other reveals at the end. I thought she was real most of the time. I was like, okay, this stepmother is like such a huge bitch. On an initial viewing, like, yeah, you're supposed to think she's real. You shouldn't think she's fake until you've seen this movie once. Well, the thing is, she is real. But the way we're seeing her, the first three fourths of this movie yes. is not real. Okay. We do right. eventually meet the real her her later on right in this scene they argue about whether or not they're going to have dinner with the friends that are coming over yeah and we find out at the end why they might not want to do that but sumi runs upstairs and then the stepmom basically tells su young like follow her you're supposed to follow your sister yeah you're supposed to be with your sister and the sisters yes. often are seen holding hands they're very connected and sumi is very protective of su young yes that's why this movie as tale of two brothers is totally different <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah it would be like her running up the stairs they would know immediately because she'd be like stop fucking following me did you just push your brother down the stairs <laughs> <Mom>! absolutely 
<laughs> and the dad's just sitting there in the kitchen, like doing the dishes, like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so Sue Me is very protective of Sue Young. She wants her to tell her anytime the stepmother is mean to her. Yeah. And she says, don't ignore it like before. Then we get a shot of the stepmom putting her bird to bed, making this like the fourth film in a row with birds. Yeah. What is going on with our birds? St- a canary in the cage kind of deal. Welcome back to Bird Talk. <laughs> I specialize in bird law. <laughs> Welcome back to our new podcast. Films in which someone breaks the neck of a bird in them. <laughs> We're very niche, but we hope we found our audience. <laughs> so she walks down the hallway the stepmother i should say walks down the hallway turns off the lights and walks back into the hallway the father is alone in his study with a video camera and a tape now i've got a fun fact that explains that a little bit more yeah i didn't get that at all yeah can you can you just do it now sure in an earlier version of this movie there was a closed circuit camera system in the house oh, so that okay. the reveal was that you would then see a lot of the scenes that we've seen where we thought there were multiple people there revealing that there's only that one person there right and that scene is a leftover from that rewrite essentially okay cool but what it kind of establishes on a rewrite is that the father knows the whole time and so he's watching his daughter who he's brought home from a facility not be okay and not be better because she's acting out all of these people in front of him yeah why doesn't he just take her back that's who he called in that early scene. Oh, and it said, but he said things are going okay. Well, I mean, at that point, they had just gotten home. They weren't going badly, but he did say that they're not going great. Yeah. Well, and she says that she can't come right away. So yeah. I think he's basically like, it'll be okay till you could get here. Yeah. Okay. Saying, you know, we have people coming for dinner that might help. Yeah. Because I think it's the uncle. It's that dad's brother coming for dinner with that dad's brother's wife. Right. And we find out later that those are the same people that were over the day yeah. of the traumatic event that caused Sumi's psychotic break. Yeah. So the stepmother gets ready for bed. The father enters the room. He sleeps next to her fully clothed, but as soon as she's asleep, he pulls away. Yeah, it seemed like he just laid down next to her until she fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And then he went back downstairs and slept on like the couch in the living room or whatever. Yeah, it's his office and spare room because we find out that okay. he's a doctor. So yeah. there is a doctor's office in this house and that's where he goes to sleep. Yeah. The stepmom wakes up. She gets out of bed. We cut to the younger sister, Sue Young asleep in her bed she wakes up to a noise outside her door the door opens a set of fingers curl around the door that freaked me out a little bit yeah that was it was pretty scary it was real real creepy it wasn't jump scary but it was effectively creepy you hear like footsteps running down the hall and stuff too right yeah it's pretty scary the covers get pulled down she like crawls under the blanket but it pulls the covers down she sits up and she's alone in her room She walks out into the hallway and climbs into bed with her sister, and she says that she keeps hearing strange noises outside. And it does sound like something's being dragged across the floor. Yes. And Sumi says, it's because you've been away for too long. She says, someone came into my room, and Sumi walks downstairs to kind of check it out. She sees her dad sleeping downstairs and tucks him in, and then she turns, and the stepmother is there. And she tells her not to bother her father who's sleeping. 
essentially almost like battling for the father's affection of like, don't wake him up. I'm, you know, I came down here for water. For lack of a better term, it seems like a pissing contest, right? Yeah. Right. Like right, He's right, my right. dad. I'll help him whenever I want. She's like, well, he's my husband. You, it, you know, that's my job or whatever, you know? <laughs> don't you touch him. <laughs> it is sort of like that, though. And he just sleeps through it because he's a man. Sumi goes to the fridge to get a bottle of water. She smells the water. Something smells off, closes it. I don't think it's the water that smells off, but she does something right. that drives me crazy. She gets a single serving bottle of water, opens it, drinks, I don't know, half of it, puts the top back on and puts it back in the fridge. But she puts it in the door away from the other ones. I know, but like someone's going to get confused. That's going to be in the fridge for an, a year. Yes, because no one's going to know who whose it was. Yes. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Just take it out and drink it all and throw it away. So she smells the water, closes it, puts it in the door of the fridge, and then looks into the fridge and sees what is very likely the actual cause of the smell. Yeah. And it's some sort of bloody meat. We don't really know what it is. Yeah. I think it's for the, the food the next day. Yeah. It looked like it was Oregon meat. It doesn't look like regular meat. It's not like a no, steak. It looked like a placenta. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's what you eat, man. Mikey, no. no. If I learned anything from our Romance in the Pot episodes, it's that you never eat the placenta. Don't eat the placenta. placenta. (laughs) So it's some sort of bloody meat. We don't get a good look at it. Cut to the stepmom sitting alone in the TV room, just kind of quietly by herself. Then we cut to the sisters back in the older sister's room, Sumi's room. She says that the stepmother went into her room. She's kind of blaming her for the books again. Yeah. Uh, she says it's strange. And then Su Young, the younger sister, says, well, the stepmom is strange and so is this house. And Sumi says, everything is all right. I'm here. Let's sleep. I'll always be with you. It's really sweet. Like, they're cuddling. They're, like, really holding yeah. on to each other. It's it's really, very right. sweet. Yeah. When I watched Tale of Two Brothers, it was... Uh... <laughs> He's like, this house is weird. And then he got slapped in the face and he was like, you're such an idiot. Get off my side of the room, nerd. Who gives Who gives a shit about your books? Leave me the fuck alone. Play Nintendo. I feel like when you watch it after knowing the twist at the end, these scenes are a lot sadder. Yeah. Because you know Ugh. that the younger sister's not there. And also there's no nut taps to like lighten the mood. <laughs> well, yeah. Like one of the scenes definitely should have been like, Sister in a headlock and be like, if you step foot in my room again while I'm trying to sleep, I will kill you. And she's going to be like, wink, like wink to the camera. (laughs) (laughs) You can't kill me. I'm already dead. (laughs) (laughs) So the curtains of their room blow in the breeze. Like it blows over book pages. The sun is kind of coming up in the house and it wakes up the father. He finds his bedroom, basically the one where the stepmom was sleeping, empty and the stepmother is gone. Yeah, I was like, why is the dad sleeping alone? Because at this point I didn't know that like the stepmom actually isn't there. Like she's not really a character until almost the end of the movie. So I was like, why is he not sleeping in the bed with his wife? Like that made me so mad. Well, they could have been fighting or something. I thought it was going to reveal that they were having relationship problems. Problems or something later on. Well, they did have problems in their relationship. That is true. Yes, they did. <laughs> I think that he was sleeping alone because he didn't want to sleep next to her. Well, yeah, because the stepmom actually is not in the house at all. Right. And it's her acting that out. Yes. We cut back to the older sister's room where the two sisters are asleep together and the older sister's having a bad dream. So we yeah. see flashes of a green forest, white dresses, blood, a woman, and we don't know who she is at this point. Yeah, but it turns out to be the mom, right? It does turn out to be the mom. Like their mom, yeah. She kind of half wakes up, 
looks to the side and sees a shadow overtaking the corner of the room. This scared me so bad. This is where I threw a computer at somebody. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> this yeah. was pretty scary. Because it's yeah. like one of those slow scares, but it's still sort of jumpy as well. Like, I don't know. It's so creepy. It's really well done. I hated every bit of it. Yeah, they, they kind of make it so that it's almost like there's a shadow overtaking the room and then it kind of takes form at the yeah. foot of her bed crawling and it crawls across the floor in a very unnatural way um where it doesn't seem human it doesn't seem right no i hated every bit of it and then it like slowly starts to stand up and look over at them on the bed well it kind of like turns around to look at them while it's still crawling on the ground in a way that a spine should not work oh yeah that's not the way a, a neck works and then it like pops up really quickly it pops up really fast Ugh. that's that's where i threw the computer is when it yeah popped up. and it popped up and what i noticed this time watching it is its neck is broken to the side and yeah. that is important later. Yeah, well, it, I even said, oh, like the bent neck lady. Yeah, in, in Haunting <laughs> of Hill House. But did not put together in my mind that she hung herself. Like, I still was like, oh, wait, she hung herself when it happens. And I was like, oh, wait, I already knew that. Duh. <laughs> and when I first saw this, it was before Haunting of Hill House. So I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with her neck? Oh, my God. Computer. <laughs> like, you know. So what scared me even more in this scene is that when she gets to the edge of the bed, she does not stay there. She right. climbs up onto the bed like she just steps onto the bed. I was yes. like, oh, God. Yeah, she climbs up onto the bed and there's like static and kind of quick jumps and there's really unnerving staticky sound. Yeah. And we see Sumi, the older daughter, cowering beneath her, terrified. Yeah. And we get a shot of the figure's face and the figure itself seems scared. There's blood running down its leg. A hand crawls down <laughs> oh, her thigh. Oh, my God. God. This is how babies are born, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hand first. It's well known that the hands come uh -huh. out first. We get a close on the ghost's face and her mouth is dripping blood. Yeah. Sumi wakes up, the door opens, it's her father, and she's alone in the room. Yeah. He asks if she's awake, or I guess she's not alone. I guess Su Young is asleep next to her. But the dad does not address Su Young. The dad not talks to Sumi. Yeah. He asks if she's awake he's, and asks if he can come in, and she says no. He tells her to come downstairs and eat. She opens the curtains and sees some blood on her hands and notices blood on the sheets. Yeah. Where she discovers that her little sister has started her period, allegedly. Yeah. She goes into her stepmom's room and finds pads in the medicine cabinet, which is, that's a good older sister move, you know? Oh, right. yeah. Taking care of your little sister. Uh, the stepmom wakes up and asks her, are you having your period? She says, no, Sue Young is. And the stepmom laughs. She says, that's so funny. How could we get them on the same day? On her way back to the bedroom, Sue Me stops in the bathroom. She also has her period. Yeah. All three <sighs> of them at the same time. Right. So she goes and gets the younger sister. They change the sheets. They're sitting outside. <laughs> I thought, I loved the change in the sheets a little bit. Yes. Because Sue Me is like stripping the bed of all the sheets and just piling it on Sue Young. On Sue Young. So <laughs> much that it's like, 
over her body. Like it's so right, funny yes. to me. That's like an older sibling move. Like just hold, just right, hold this, all of this. Now, if you just had a nut shot, it's uh, two brothers. <laughs> yeah, if it was brothers, they would have piled it up on him and then hit him right in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, right. and then dropped all of it. Nice one. <laughs> a Tale of Two Brothers is not a horror movie. It's a comedy. <laughs> it, it's just the movie Step Brothers. <laughs> Don't touch my drum set. But what if the end of Step? What if the end of Step Brothers? John C. Riley isn't real. Oh my god, <laughs> that is a very dark movie that I am here for because I then it's it. just Will Ferrell just like boats and hoes. <laughs> just by himself. Well, you get like the flashback of that prestige worldwide video shoot. Yeah, and it's just him by himself. <laughs> so we cut to them sitting outside on the porch where she's whistling, and it's their mother's favorite song. Yeah, and this is where the bird is right above them, and they're like talking. Talking about the bird and it's like the stepmom's favorite pet or whatever yeah mm -hmm. and she's also teaching her younger sister suyan to whistle because she can't whistle yeah because she cannot at all yeah she's trying but failing badly right and they're like should we kill this bird yeah the bird's being loud should we kill them and suyan is like no we should set them free but she would freak out meaning yeah. the stepmother as they're discussing it the father calls the older sister from inside and he comes out and says what are you doing out in the cold? Are you all right? And she basically says, I'm okay. And he says, tell me what's wrong. And she says, I said, I'm okay. Yeah. Just get rid of the wardrobe in Sue Young's room, which this is the first mention we've really heard of the wardrobe. Yeah. And he says, we agreed not to talk about the wardrobe. You promised, right? And then he says, I know you're angry with me and I know I'm a bad father. And this is where she says, you're not even a bad father. And then he just like takes it and is like, it's cold. Let's go inside. And then she just says, I will, and then walks through the woods. So, like, yeah. she basically is like, on my own time, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So, was the wardrobe fake? No. Which, why leave the wardrobe in your house if that's where your wife killed herself and then it crushed your youngest daughter? That wardrobe would be burned the next day. If it, like, yeah, yeah I, I don't have any idea why it's still in the house. But he not only didn't remove it, is refusing to talk about removing it, which is he, insane yeah. to me. They did talk about it, and he's like, I think we're going to keep it, and you're not going to argue with me anymore. You know, honey, it really brings the room together, and I don't care what you think about it. What I do think is interesting <laughs> is he's remarking on how cold it is yeah and the only other time we get temperature as a touchstone in this movie is the ending scene where we know there's supernatural activity which is often linked to cold yeah um i think that might be a suggestion that there's some supernatural activity happening in that scene well it's so hard to tell well no there definitely is because sue young is there in the scene but the dad can't see sue young because sue young is dead Right. Soo Young is a ghost that is only haunting Soo Me. Well, that that's the question. Is is this ghost Soo Young or is this Soo Young in her head? That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference? The ghost of Soo Young exacts revenge later in the movie. The ghost of Soo Young exists, but it's not always her ghost that we're dealing with. So I think the question becomes yeah. which scenes are which. This helped me understand it. She has like a split personality disorder where she thinks she's different people, but there's also the ghost of Sue Young in the house. Right. So it's not just a ghost movie. It's not just like a split movie. It's both. I didn't think she was split multiple personalities. I thought she was hallucinating the stepmom and the sister. No, she is taking on their personalities. Yeah. Oh. So the reason she's doubling the laundry in the books is because she's already done that as yeah. either the stepmom or the daughter. 
Right. Sue me. Uh, yeah. And then she argues with them in yes. her head. Well, we'll get there when we get to the scene because it becomes a lot more troubling knowing that going into some of these future scenes. Right. Okay. Man, I am clueless about this. Yeah, movie. well, I, I mean, Mikey's same. When Natalie looked it up and told me that, I started to re sort of play the movie in my head and I was like, oh, damn. That makes sense because the stepmom is the only one to address both of them at the same time. Right. And that is really Sue Me addressing nobody, really. But in her mind, she's addressing, you know, Sue Me and Sue Young, but she thinks she's right. the stepmom in that moment. It's a crazy movie. Yeah. So that's why the dad gets up and moves the because she got in bed with her? Yes. With her yeah. dad? She thought she was the stepmom. Yes. So if your daughter thinks she's your wife and gets in bed with you that is an appropriate response i think yeah she's disassociating throughout the movie gotcha yeah but like i didn't know that when i was watching the movie so i was like what why is he not banging his wife and then then later in the movie i was like oh that's real gross i wish i hadn't had that thought thank you movie for making me a weird person Yep. Okay. I'm I'm getting on board. All right, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. It's okay. a weird movie, man. So Sumi goes out into the shed in the forest, leaving Su Young on the porch. You guys know how you have storage units just in the forest, right? Of right. course, for whatever my bodies where I kill people. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was crazy, but I guess that's a thing, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, they don't really have a garage, so I think this is basically their garage. So the sister collects a few things from the shed and then comes back to the porch where Sue Young is looking at the birds yeah. uh, and she sets down a couple suitcases. She brings everything inside. Going through the suitcases, it looks like it's a bunch of her mom's stuff in the suitcases. We see a family picture and then we see the family picture that they showed her, that the doctor showed her yeah. in the beginning of the movie. And we see more pictures of her dad and her stepmother revealing that her stepmother was a nurse. Uh, we then cut to her younger sister standing over her, asking if she went to the warehouse, and she shows the younger sister the shoes and jewelry and a couple little trinkets. Uh, Sue Young does like a spell to bring mom back. Uh, they look through the photos, and as she's looking through, she sees bruises on Sue Young's arms. Yeah. And confronts her and basically says, who did this to you? It's okay to tell me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those bruises were from the cabinet page? Yes. What? Uh, oh my God! Sorry, sorry. Just talking through it now. I guess I'm putting more stuff together. Oh my God! Okay, and that was her hand. Obviously, we know it's her hand that was like smacking the floor because I think we've already seen that once. We saw it very briefly in Sumi's bad dream, but with no context, so we don't know officially why. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, but so she's basically saying like the stepmother hurt you. You have to tell me. She loses her shit. Uh, We cut to the bathroom where her father is shaving. And then downstairs, her stepmom is eating cookies and tea. And Sumi is just sitting across the table with her and confronting her about hurting Sue Young. Yeah. The stepmother's basically like, well, if she disobeys, she has to be punished. Basically, I'm the only mom you have. And you better get with it. And it's like, she's a real bitch to her. Yeah, she's horrible. Yeah. I'm the only one alive. You can call mom now. Yeah. Yeah. She sort of says that, right? Like, she's real brutal in that moment, which is really just Sue Me talking to herself, Herself. which is insane. 
Yes. <laughs> like she, and, I mean, I've heard that no one will ever hate you the way you hate you, but this like kicks it up a notch. The level of guilt she has is so extreme that it's causing these delusions, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. The dad overhears the argument. Uh, so he turns the water off to listen and he hears her basically saying, why the hell did you even come here? I can't believe you said that to me again. You're not well, are you? And then Sumi slaps the dishes off the counter. Yeah. And her dad comes into the kitchen and by the time he gets there, which is literally just one room away, the table is clean. And the younger sister who was watching the whole scene goes upstairs and Sumi is crying in the kitchen. And he basically approaches Sumi. He grabs her hands and he's like, what is wrong? And she's like, you don't want to hear it. And he says, you're not accepting this. Yeah. She basically is like, you don't understand. He's like, you need to make me understand. She's like, how will you? It won't change anything. And he basically says, don't do this. You'll get sick again. Which I'm like, she's already sick, man. Yeah. Like, you you know she's sick. Right, bro, you we, that, that ship has sailed. Yeah. 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 They should be like, we need to go now back yeah. to the city. He yes. should have called the guy who opened the gate for them and said, drive us back immediately. Yeah. Well, and what she says to him in the scene is, from now on, anything that happens here, all the filthy things you brought here, you're responsible for it all. I have nothing more to more to say. So answer the phone because the phone is ringing. Yeah. We, we cut to a dark car ride through the forest where it's the uncle and aunt coming for dinner. Uh, the stepmother's cleaning everything. They arrive. They look at her weird as she's kind of serving them dinner. And then she just rapid fire talks to them just like stream of consciousness manic and no one at the table is reacting everyone's like what is happening and i was like man stepmom cannot read a room right because these jokes she's telling are not killing like she is having a rough night yeah well and she's telling this whole story about like you know when it would rain you would take off your clothes or whatever do you remember you remember right and he literally like leans in no yeah <laughs> i was like what is happening it's insane it's like they're in two different scenes right and she basically says how can you not remember and she seems hurt really by yeah. him not remembering and he repeats i said i don't remember and it kind of cuts over to the aunt's face where she looks very anxious and confused yeah. Yeah. And she basically says, the stepmom says, why don't you remember? Aren't you crazy? And the aunt starts choking. Oh, is she choking? I thought she was having a seizure. She does end up having a seizure. Oh, yes. okay. But it started by choking? Okay. I think it started by her choking. Okay. I think the choking is part of her having a seizure. Sure. So she's having a seizure and she arches her back so that her face is facing back towards the kitchen and she can see underneath the sink. That's very important to note for later. Yeah. They end up dumping pills in her mouth. She vomits and then seems to calm down. The stepmom screams. I just got the impression that she screamed because no one was paying attention to her anymore. Yeah, and because dishes had been broken. <laughs> Back in the car, the aunt and the uncle are driving home, and he says, I'm sorry, I didn't want to come, but he begged me to, so I had no choice. And then the aunt just says, I saw something strange in that house. Yeah. There was a girl under the kitchen sink. And we flash back to a shot of her having the seizure, and then we cut across to the kitchen sink, which is green. 
Yes, it is. Where we see a bloody, almost demon-like girl crawling under the sink. I did not enjoy that at all. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> scary. It was very scary. Yeah, that yes. got me pretty pretty badly. And I expected it because they, when she's having the seizure, they're like playing up that she's seeing something under the sink, but you don't get to see it then. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're just not going to show it because of, you know, whatever reason. And then yeah. in the scene when she's talking about it and they cut back to it, I was like, oh, damn it. Like, yeah. why'd you have to show it? Mm-hmm. Now, back in the house, the dad tells the stepmom to go to bed and the stepmom looks under the sink. Now, mind you, she didn't hear that the aunt said there was something under the sink. Right. So this is completely independent where she has the sense that there's something under the sink and she's looking for it and she can't find it. She sits up, she closes the cabinets and over her shoulder sitting at the table, we see a girl sitting at the table in a green dress. Yeah. And then that girl is gone and there's just a hair clip on the floor. Oh, but that would be Sue me pretending to be the stepmom looking for the ghost, right? Well, and I think that ghost is the girl in the green dress. Yes. I think that's the first time you see Sue Young as a ghost. Yes. How awful must it be for the ghost of the younger sister to watch her older sister go completely breaking with sight like reality? Well, what I think is really interesting is Sue Young is shot often like sitting on a staircase and kind of looking and watching over everything that's happening. Yeah. Or sitting on the porch and looking out and watching over everything that's happening. And it made me wonder if this time in the green dress really is the mm. first time that we're seeing her as a ghost or if all of the times that we have kind of seen Sue Young set apart and watching over everyone, is that also the ghost of Sue Young as well? I mean, that could be. I guess we don't really know, except this is the first time we see her in a green dress. Right. And the green dress is damning. That's that's when yeah. we know for sure that is a ghost. The hair clip part of this really broke me, man. She she goes back to look back under the sink and something grabs her from under the sink. Oh, oh yeah. That got, got me pretty good. I jumped so hard at that. I was not expecting it for I don't know why. Because yeah. it, it pretty well telegraphs what's going to happen. Yeah. But it just, it got me so good. And as she sits up, the girl is in the kitchen in the green dress. She yeah. just doesn't really see her. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to the dad giving her pills where she asks him to stay with her that mm -hmm. night. Yeah. And he says, what for? And she says, weird things have been happening in the house. Didn't you see it? Meaning the girl under the sink. Yeah. Well, and Sue Me is the stepmom in this moment right. saying that mm -hmm. to him. You know, stay with me right. tonight. Something bad is happening in this house. Yeah. Uh, she starts pacing the room. She hears the door open. Yeah. We cut to the dad walking on the porch, seeing the birds and the birds are dead in the cage. Yeah. The stepmom is watching from one of the windows and essentially goes through her drawers, finds a key, goes to Sue Young's room, looks through the photos that Sue Young has where she's ripped the stepmom out of all of the photos. Well, because there are some photos of like the mom, the dad, the girls and the nurse. I don't really know the story of how they got together, but it is definitely like the dad was cheating on the mom with the nurse. I'm not quite sure how he met the nurse. Right, right, right. That That is what's happening. So the dad's yeah. a doctor, right? So we know that he knows the nurse from work. I would assume so, yeah. 
But like, why would you invite your mistress into family photos? Like, that seems weird to me. Because the mom was sick and the nurse was there caring for the mom. Okay. Which is not communicated well in the film at all. Yeah. So I didn't get that. In fact, at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, she is just like having visions of the stepmom being in these photos, like replacing her mom, if that makes any sense. But then I got the impression here in this scene, because she's actually ripped out just the stepmom, that right. the stepmom was actually in the photos, right. which is a much more nefarious thing, because that then signifies that the dad was cheating on the mom. Yes. Not just that she's, like, symbolically, like, replacing her mom in the photos. Like, some nefarious shit was actually happening. And then when you find out the mom killed herself, you're like, oh, well, that's why the mom killed herself. Yeah. This is horribly sad. And this is one thing that the American version, the uninvited, which is not as good, and it does kind of change the ending. But one of the things that they're pretty explicit about in that version is the father's relationship with the nurse, where essentially they establish that the mom is sick, the nurse comes to care for her, the father and the nurse have an affair. So she's living in the house, having an affair out in the open because who's going to fucking stop her? The sick yeah. lady. Yeah. And she's basically taking over the position of their mom before their mom is even dead. Yeah. And that we don't get a lot of explanation around that in this movie, but that does typify the scene that we see late in the movie. Yeah. With that context, it makes a lot more sense. I just think that that context is meant to be communicated through these photos, and it's just not enough for us to fully grasp the gravity of the situation. Okay. Thank you for explaining the photos. That was my bigger question. But when you have an unreliable narrator to this extent... Yeah. It's hard to follow some of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And we have an unreliable narrator because she thinks she's both her younger sister and her stepmom. Right. But there's also a ghost that right. is the younger sister. So, like, yes. there's multiple things going on. It just makes it really hard to track what's what and who's who. I just feel bad for the younger sibling ghost watching her sister pretend to be her stepmom. Because I'd be like, I'm supposed to be scaring y'all. <laughs> this is scaring me. Which, of course, an older sister would try to do. I know, right? She's like, sue me? I'm going to sue you. You're taking <laughs> yeah. my job. So then ghost nut punch. <laughs> <laughs> so the stepmom is looking at all the photos, ripped with her, her face scribbled out. She wakes the younger sister up and is basically, get out of bed, get out of bed now. She pulls the covers back and sees a crushed bird in the bed. She crushes it. Did you hear it? Like, you yeah. hear the bird get crushed as she's fighting with Sue Young. And then that's when she pulls the sheet back and she sees the dead bird. And it is full-on girl fight time at that point. I think Sue Young was trying to set the birds free. And, th and that's... Yeah. So there's a crushed bird in the bed. She pulls Sue Young out of the bed. Sue Young scratches at her. She drags her to the floor and is screaming, this damn house won't leave me alone. Tell me the truth. Who did it? Who was it? And then she locks her in the wardrobe. Oh, my God. So which one was Sumi in this scene, you think? The daughter, the stepmom, or the younger sister? Definitely the stepmom. Stepmom. It could have been both, but it's the stepmom. Well, I don't think it's the ghost either. I don't think it's Sue Young as a ghost being thrown in there because she could just like float out of it, you know? Yeah, well, and, and that's why I think it's probably both. 
and it's it's a delusion you yeah know? she's like wrestling right. with herself she's really wrestling with the trauma of what happened in that room in that wardrobe yeah absolutely yeah and the they fight again for a little bit she cries the stepmother opens the wardrobe and basically says let's see how long you ho- hold up and locks the wardrobe again and leaves yeah even after Sue Young in the wardrobe apologizes yeah it drove me insane that the dad did not hear this fighting and stuff but then yeah. it sort of explains why he didn't because he's out in the yard like pretty far away from the house burying the birds i did like that they explained the reason why he wasn't like intervening here because it would have bothered me had they not done that yeah i also think that you could argue that there are some of these scenes that are taking place entirely in sumi's head oh so she's like a third party observer in this fight maybe potentially yeah like who knows um so sumi wakes up she walks into the hallway she goes into su young's room sees the wardrobe opens it and screams for her inside she pulls her out of the wardrobe yeah and she says i'm sorry i didn't hear you this will never happen again never and then we cut to the father burying the birds outside yeah the sisters are still together in su young's room the door opens their dad comes in he sees the photos and he basically says, tell me why you're doing this, why you've acted so weird since you got here. He, She basically says, like, why don't you ask her, ask her what she's been doing. She's harassing Sue Young. She locked her in the wardrobe. The father just says, stop it. Yeah. And then she says, she's scared, like, meaning Sue Young is scared of her. She turns to Sue Young and just says, why don't you tell dad yourself? And her dad says, please stop. Sue Young is dead. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Right? She's dead, so pull yourself together. How long will you keep this up? And Sue Young screams. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's a ghost finding out that they're dead, potentially. Well, I didn't think it was the ghost. I thought it was her, like, yes. her split personality of her sister screaming because she's having the realization that, okay, that person is not my sister. That person is me becoming yes. my sister. And she's sort of, sort of losing her fucking mind about it. It could honestly go either way. Also, if you confront someone with their delusions like let's say that i think i'm jesus and someone's like you're not jesus this was jesus like people become very up delusional people become very upset when they're told their delusions aren't real yeah or when they're confronted with that i'm sure especially not properly medicated and then she's obviously had like a full break on reality before she even got here she was not ready to discharge yeah fully well i mean if if that doctor think he needed to wash his hands before just questioning somebody right he's not a real doctor i don't know where she <laughs> well, was but that's not a real hospital that was really a metaphor for him washing his hands of her problem yeah he, he went yeah. all pontius pilot on it he was like listen i'm out <laughs> I'm kicking you out. I'm not dealing with this. So (laughs) we cut to the dad on the phone. And now he's basically saying, come over here tomorrow. I can't do it alone. She's getting worse. I'll pick you up. Call me when you get here. Yeah. So we then cut to the stepmother dragging a bloody laundry bag through the house and beating the bag repeatedly. Like, like really beating the shit out of it. So from this point forward, I'm pretty confused up for the whole movie. (laughs) Okay. At this point, Sumi, the older sister who wakes up in this scene, yeah. believes that her stepmother has killed Su Young and it's Su Young's body in that bag. But that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But I was like, but isn't she already dead? Or is that how she died? But then like the ending was like she died a different way. So she she did die a different way, but Sumi has not reconciled herself with the actual events of her death. 
So gotcha. she she is believing that the stepmother killed her, which in a way the stepmother did, but just not in this way. Yeah, so I think she is in denial because she feels responsible for how her sister died. Right. And she is unwilling to accept her part in that, although I'd argue it's not at all her fault. Yeah. But I could understand why she would feel like it is. Yes. So there's a note under her door that says, I'm going out. I'll be back this afternoon. Be sure you lock up from dad. Yeah. She goes to find Sue Young, but the door has been nailed shut. But she's hearing voices throughout the house and she follows what she thinks is her sister's voice and stops when she sees a trail of blood on the floor. She follows the trail of blood and finds the bloody bag in the living room. She puts her hand on the bag. She believes it to be Sue Young's body and she tries to open the bag, but it's tied shut. Yeah. She even tries to like untie it, but she can't get it untied. She can't get it untied, so she runs to the kitchen to look for something to help her open it. When she hears the kettle, the stepmother hears it too. She runs back to the bag. It's gone, and the floor is clean. Yeah. And she follows the trail of clean floor to the wardrobe. She opens it and finds the bag inside. The bag moves. The tea kettle screams. The stepmother is cleaning blood off her hands. Yeah. And Sumi finds a knife to open the bag. But as soon as she does, the stepmom is there with the burning kettle. Right. And she says, I'm sick and tired of your family. And Sumi hits her with the door of the wardrobe. She basically slams it outward and stabs her with a pair of scissors. That's what she was using to open the bag. Right. They fight all the way down, basically through her father's medical office, where she knocks like a bowl of sutures on the floor and that's what Ugh. the stepmom falls on. Yeah. And then the stepmom knocks her unconscious and so she falls unconscious onto the floor. Right. We cut to... But so Paige, before we move on to what we cut to, yeah. so all of that is her just fighting with herself, right? Yes. It is fighting right. with herself. So like no one's there. It is just her Tyler Durden style fighting herself. Yeah. That's it's, it's uh, so crazy. With her ghost sister watching. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost sister must be like, what is that? I'm supposed to be the scary one in this situation. Right, exactly. Why are you taking my job? The ghost sister's just like, oh my God, I thought I was in rough shape. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a drama queen. <laughs> to be honest, this is the scene that really kind of stuck with me and bothered me after watching the movie the first time because for as scary as a ghost is, I thought it was so much scarier for this all to be in someone's mind. Like that was yeah. such a scarier reality for me so yeah i don't, I don't think, know I, okay so for me like on the scary scale scarier right i don't think it's very scary but if that was happening to me i'd be really freaked out yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'd be like mikey you gotta help me my man yeah no i mean like <laughs> at work people describe in great detail depending on how they're functioning like what their delusions are or like what they think is wrong and like people will be legitimately suicidal not because of depression or anything but they'll legitimately think like someone's trying to kill them or or they've done something to cause terrible things to other people. Or like, or they're secretly Santa Claus. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're usually just really negative. And I think it's because people are secretly a lot. I don't know. I mean, this is all, this is going to sound like mumbo jumbo. But like people in your mind, you're a way critic more like no. Like you said, no one hates yourself like you. Yeah. So if your mind gains control of like what you're perceiving, like it, it generally you perceive yourself negatively. So like it all comes down and it's like heartbreaking listening to some of these people because it's, like, it's not it's real to them. It's as real as something was happening to you or I. Yeah. But it like it just destroys them from the inside out. And that, it's terrifying to know your mind could do that to you. Yeah. So we cut to 
Sumi waking up and the stepmother is dragging her through the path of the bag. Yeah, this is a cool shot, man, because we see the bloody floor and we see just her feet getting dragged further and further through the room. Oh, it was a cool shot. It was very creepy. There's a lot of cool shots in this film. Yeah, I get why this like sort of transcended just like Korean film. Yeah, the, I mean, this made the thousand and one films you should watch before you die. This oh is wow! Okay, ah. yeah. So we cut to Sumi wakes up on the floor, and the bag trail that she's been dragged along disappears, and we see the stepmother dragging a statue across the floor. She wakes up again. The stepmom is standing over her, about to basically crush her to death with the statue. Yeah. And she says, what in hell's name made us get to this point? Don't you get it yet? Remember what I told you before, and remember when I said you'll regret it someday. Do you know what's really scary? You want to forget something, totally wipe it out of your mind, but you never can. It can't go away. It follows you around like a ghost. And Sumi just says, help me. And she says, sure, I'll help you. Let's end it here. And she picks up the statue, yeah. drags it over. She's about to drop it on her. She raises the statue when the door opens. The dad walks in. The house is clean. Sumi is on the floor with statue fragments smashed around her, and she is covered in blood. Yeah. It, to me, it felt like that that scene, like, I don't know if it happened or she did it to herself, but that statue was a hollow statue. It was yeah. not the heavy statue it looked like it was when the mom, stepmom was holding it, right? Right, because it is broken around her. Yeah, because yeah, she legit just broke it over herself. Yeah. But I mean, like in that scene, she's like, I want so badly to forget. Yeah. Because I'm fighting with myself over this trauma that I experienced. Yeah. Uh, and then I sort of blame myself for, although I will argue it's not at all her fault. But she like went so far as to like suture her back with like random suture she fell onto and then break a statue over her head. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I'm like legit sad. Yeah. Well, and, and so the father walks through, sees the house and everything that's broken from the fight essentially that was just her by herself and he passes the wardrobe and it has a dirty sack full of dolls in ah. it and that's ah. what she was dragging around the house i didn't realize that yeah i didn't realize that either and i, I noticed the dolls like the yeah. creepy dolls in some shots i didn't realize that she was actually dragging around a sack full of dolls now he set her on the couch when he found her on the floor so he yeah. comes back to where he set her down on the couch and the stepmom is sitting there and Sumi is nowhere to be found. Right. And the stepmom asks where Sumi is and the dad just says, please stop it. I'm sick of it now. And so he kind of bandages the wound in her hand from the scissors. He gives her the pills. She looks up. The door opens again, and the same woman that we have come to know as the stepmom in the movie is standing in the doorway, except this is the real her, dressed differently. She's like in like a power suit, for lack of right. a better yeah. term, right? I like real stepmom. Oh, yeah. Mikey loves a woman in authority. Well, yes. and so power suit stepmom calls her Sumi. Yeah. And this is a super cool shot where the it camera is. passes behind her, and as the camera moves from one side of the stepmom to the other, it changes to Sumi on the couch. Yeah. Whereas it started with the stepmom on the couch and panned around, and then you see the stepmom standing there. And as it pans behind the stepmom that is now standing there, it's Sumi on the Sue couch. Me on it the was couch. cool. It, it was, was really very cool. well yeah. done. Yeah. 
and we get a brief montage of Sumi doing all the things that she thought the stepmother was doing throughout the film and getting out of the car alone on that first day. Yeah. Sumi looks down at her hand and she's holding pills. She takes them. We cut back to the hospital where Sumi and the nurse that we thought were the step was the stepmother of the whole movie are sitting on the bed and she says, are you okay? It's all over now. You'll feel better here. Get some rest and I'll visit often. Take care of yourself. Goodbye. And then Sumi grabs her hand and she won't let go. Yeah, like aggressively grabs her hand. She has to like fight her off. Yeah. We cut to the doctor, her father, and the nurse riding back to the house. Sumi is still sitting on her bed in the hospital. We flash back to sets of feet on a swing and the car driving up to the house. The swings stop. It's the two sisters. We cut to the mother upstairs as dad and the nurse arrive. Yeah. And we cut to the nurse at the dining room table in the empty house present day. Flashback to the past. The girls are at dinner. The uncle and the aunt are there. The people who were there at the dinner party. Yeah. The nurse slash stepmom is there and kind of mean to the younger sister who goes upstairs to her room. Her mother comes to sit next to her in the hospital back in present day. Sumi hears whistling and says Su Young's name, basically implying that you finally learned to whistle because I taught you. Yeah. And now it's the ghost still alive in the house. In the house present day, the stepmom can hear the whistling. She hears a door shut upstairs. As she steps on the floorboards moving through the house, they ooze blood. It was such a cool shot, but so creepy. Previously, Su Young's room had been nailed shut by the dad yeah uh but the nails are out it's no longer nailed shut so she goes inside she turns on the light and she sees something move under the curtains and it's freezing cold she pulls the curtains back and there's nothing there a door or the door to the room shuts on its own the light flickers and the wardrobe opens on its own she looks inside she doesn't see anything initially and it's still cold we could tell because she's shivering we could see her breath yeah. And she sees a piece of cloth sticking out between two of the pillows from the wardrobe. She pulls it and the ghost girl from under the sink crawls out. Oh, God. It was pretty scary. Yeah, this scared the shit out of me. She screams in the night as the ghost murders her. Yeah. We cut back to the hospital present day and Sumi smiles knowing that Young got her revenge. Yeah. We cut to another flashback. Young wakes up in her bedroom after being comforted by her mother. Yeah. But she's now alone in her room. The wardrobe door opens. She opens it fully to find that her mother has hung herself in the wardrobe and we see the green ghost dressed hanging next to her yeah she tries to pull her mother out of the wardrobe and the wardrobe collapses onto her everyone in the house hears the screams the stepmom goes upstairs to check it out she sees the wardrobe and she sees su young's hand trying to claw its way out from under the wardrobe and she walks into the hallway ostensibly to probably get help yeah you would think you would think and so. then she runs into sue me who I don't I guess Sumi did not hear. I'm guessing Sumi didn't hear. We don't really know. Or Sumi came out to check on it, but since she's running into her, she's assuming nothing is wrong. Yeah. But she says, Did you hear something? Why would you come up here? Dad's not up here. Yeah. Basically implying that the affair is happening. Yeah. She knows right. that hey, I know what you're doing and I'm not cool with it. Yeah. 
You know, which I mean, I wouldn't be either if some, you know, trollop yeah. was banging my dad and my mom was sick in the house. In the house. <laughs> and yeah. she basically said, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she says, well, now you're lying. Do me a favor and stay out of our lives. Can you get out of my way? I have to go. And this is where stepmom says, you might regret this moment. Yeah. Keep that in mind. And she says, what could be worse than standing here with you? I want to be as far away from you as I can be. Such a teenage girl thing to say in this situation, too. Yeah. So she pushes past her and the stepmother just continues standing there as Sue Young struggles under the wardrobe. As Sue Young is dying. Yeah. The stepmom goes out onto the balcony and doesn't alert anyone. Well, she goes out onto the balcony to watch Sue Me walk away. Yeah. So Sue Me walks away and stops. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's almost like you think she feels a shift in the force. Yeah. Because as she stops, Sue Young dies yeah. under the wardrobe. Sue Me turns back. She and the stepmother face off. And the stepmother closes the doors without alerting anyone in the house. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. But I didn't understand why the aunt, uncle, and the dad didn't rush upstairs either. Because the stepmom went up to check on it and didn't say anything. Didn't yell, didn't say anything. What a bitch. And the stepmom's a nurse. So, like, if something was immediately wrong, you know, she probably could have helped. And the fact that she doesn't alert anybody means that nobody else reacts, I think. Then why did the dad call her to pick up? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many bad decisions the dad makes. And calling the nurse to come back to like help that's insane to me because that nurse is the one who was responsible for the death of your daughter maybe not your wife's death i don't really know the circumstances around that but like it's insane to me that you'd be like hey you're the reason my daughter was dead will you come help me take care of my other daughter i don't think any of them know that she's the reason the daughter is dead i think the only person that knows that is sue young and i think maybe sue me suspects it i don't know how you couldn't know though because she was upstairs right she's the one that went up there when the sound was made because they were all in the front room when the sound happened and she just walked the thing you would say is you checked on the sound do you not see the dresser fall and she'd be like uh uh uh, oh yeah uh, i didn't notice that the dresser had crushed your daughter my bad that's not something you can my bad or she she told them that that's what happened and that Sue Me died instantly. I mean, yeah, maybe. There's nothing she could have done at that point. I guess we don't really know that. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. I'm glad she got ghost murdered. Yeah. I know. And I feel like Sue Me blames herself a lot for this, and that's probably a little bit of projection on my part. But I feel like yeah. this whole thing is Sue Me dealing with the grief and guilt that comes with the death of her sister. Well, just like a younger sister, though, she makes her older sister go crazy to attract her stepmother to murder her. <laughs> well, here's, worked, here's though, the other thing, too. I think Sue Me blames, even if Sue Me doesn't know that the stepmother left her to die, I think she blames her by extension because it's like if you weren't having an affair mom wouldn't have killed herself if mom didn't kill herself sue young doesn't die yeah but yeah all of that is true yeah 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 but they went beyond that they went to literally letting her die yeah and and so it's one of those things where i feel like even if nobody knows that that's officially what happened the ghost of sue young knows and other people still have a reason to blame her even if she's like i went up there and they were already dead you know or whatever it is yeah i think sue me blames herself Because a lot of the things that she seems to blame herself for in this movie is like not stepping up to defend her younger sister, you know, not stepping in when 
the stepmother was taking over. And I think that's where she kind of shoulders a lot of that blame. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think she blames herself for the death of her sister, even though she... This movie was sad for me because I I lost a brother around the same age in -hmm. a very different way. Like, you know, no one... Like, he wasn't killed by the body of uh, one of our parents who had also committed suicide, but we were in a car accident together. And, like, I went through a large period of time where I blamed myself for him dying. And, like, therapy really helped. Like, I I feel like, I don't know, like, because of that and because of that experience that I would not wish on anybody, like, I I sort of really connected to Sue Me in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because... Yeah, yeah. She loses her mind in grief and guilt, and I have been there, man. Yeah. It is rough. I mean, she goes beyond, I mean, from like a psychiatric perspective, I mean, like there is a lot of PTSD and guilt and blaming yourself and survivor's guilt. Those are all real, but hallucinations and delusions are symptoms of something that's way more serious oh. than just unresolved guilt. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like think she's so, also having like a psychotic break on some Yeah, level. I mean, like yeah. she's like schizophrenic at this point. Yeah. Or, or PTSD, it can have some of that stuff, but like, I don't, I mean, it's bad, it's bad. But. I mean, you know a lot more about it than I do. I mean, you are a licensed therapist and like do this for like your job. So like, you right, know, right, like right. the ins and outs of what it actually is. I just know it from like the trauma side of it, what it's like to be oh, on that yeah. side of it. I definitely had moments where I, I had conversations with my brother who had died right, you right, know, right, months right. before weeks before but like that is i knew that he was not there right you never like busted a statue on your head yeah yeah, yeah. and i was yeah. just like saying things i needed to say to like let myself let go of some of that guilt mm-hmm. and some of that grief and stuff and fuck man like i but i knew he wasn't there i knew he wasn't real Right, because you, know? right, you know nut shots. <laughs> right, yeah. I never got ghost nut shots. So, like, I, I, yeah. I know that ghosts aren't real because Logan definitely would have done that to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is there is also the thing to consider. Sumi is a teenager. Yeah. We've established in this movie, which is prime for a schizophrenic onset. Right. That's what I was thinking. So, I mean, like, and trauma can trigger, like, a schizophrenic break. So, I mean, like. Yeah, I was 15 when it happened. So, I mean, it all checks out. It's just, it's just, I guess for my, I'm such a, you know, when I deal with it, it's like all clinical and also ghosts don't murder people, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but it's just so sad to see it from their perspective. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So do you want just a quick breakdown of what happened in the movie with everybody? Yeah, yeah. Give, give us the breakdown. Okay. I really did like it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the past, Sumi and Su Young's mother was terminally ill from what I understand. That's not. Okay. Telegraphed very much in the movie. We don't see a lot of the mom. But what we do know is that at some point, the woman that we come to recognize as the stepmother in the movie is brought into the house as a nurse, either for the mom or because the dad is a doctor and she's a colleague. Yeah. For whatever reason. Or it could be both. And that's why we have the pictures and information that we have there. The mother knows about the affair that's going on, seemingly, but right. is still trying to kind of protect her daughters from it. That's why she's kind of comforting Sue Young. Uh, but eventually is so unhappy, both because she doesn't like the nurse who's taking over her house. She's worried about her daughters and yeah. allegedly she's dying anyway. Yeah. She takes her own life by hanging herself in the wardrobe. Sumi tries to get her down. The wardrobe crushes her. When those kids get back from Narnia, they're going to be so fucked up. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Thomas did not prepare me for this. The, <laughs> the nurse slash stepmom discovers the wardrobe 
and Sue Me is still alive. But Sue Young is still alive. Sorry, you're right. Sue Young is still alive. Instead of trying to pull the wardrobe off of her and save her, she hesitates and walks out into the hallway. And before calling for help, she argues with Sumi and instead calls no one for help. Yeah. And lets them die. And basically tells Sumi that she'll regret that someday. Sumi leaves, eventually finds out what happened to her sister and her mother and when it happened and feels immense guilt over. And I think that's why she recalls that you'll regret this someday. Yeah. When in her later. So she fig she puts two and two together. But to me, that is the reason she shouldn't feel guilty because the step—I don't even know if they ever got married—but that nurse who uh, is the stepmom figure admits yeah. the murder that's happening. Right? Maybe not murder, but that yeah. she's not going to help Sue Young. Yeah, or maybe Sumi feels like she delayed her. Even still, it's a stretch. Not her fault. Although having dealt with some of these similar demons, I get it, but not at all her fault. Right. Sumi, upon discovering the death of her mother and sister, has a psychotic break and is institutionalized. Yeah. She is then released from the institution into her father's care, and the two of them travel alone to the house, where once back in the house, she interacts with the ghost of Sue Young and then also hallucinates both Sue Young and the stepmother. Her father realizes this is going on uh, and allows it to progress for like two days before actually calling for help. And in that time, Sue Me essentially acts out on a lot of her feelings right. against the stepmother as almost kind of a form of catharsis and yeah. processes the grief with them, processes losing Sue Young again when the father calls the nurse back to the house upon being confronted with the fact that her delusion is not real Sumi takes the pills and is institutionalized again feeling now safe away from her family away from her father and the stepmother but as they go back to the house the ghost of Sue Young murders the stepmother and in I guess the ether Sumi can feel it and finally finds peace yeah, I just wish there was more of a uh, an end for the dad. Yeah, well, I think the end is he lost literally everyone. Ugh, such a sad movie. Rookie mistake. I would have sold that house and gotten rid of that wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he wouldn't get rid of the wardrobe, I was like, why wouldn't you yeah. get rid of the that's wardrobe? That's like, oh, Todd, you're getting released from your car wreck. Let's pick you up in that truck. Yeah, yeah. like that's <laughs> that would be insanity. horrible. Like if when I was released from the hospital, they picked me up in the truck that I pulled my brother out of and then laid next to him yeah. while he died on the ground. I would be like, oh, well, this is not okay. Yeah. And then your your mom would be like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> you need to stop. It's a Toyota. It's going to last a long time. Oh, and you're yeah. going to have to get it's over like, it. It's like literally the worst thing you could probably do to like get rid of the house. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that, that truck was not totaled. But anyway. Well, but yeah, but you, you know, the metaphor. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, no, I get it. Or like you're sitting at home, they're like, we got the truck fixed so you can go out and drive now. It wasn't my my truck. <laughs> Paige is like, cringe. I mean, this might be too dark for the pocket. <laughs> it wasn't my truck. It was my friend's, Dustin's truck. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I hate trucks to this day because of that. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad the dad was doing. That's how easily someone could see that this is a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it takes a traumatic experience in your youth to realize that. Right. Like, I get that maybe you kept the house. I could see. I can see the logic there. 
I wouldn't choose that way. I could see it a little bit. I don't know what the housing market is like in Korea, but sell that thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it could yeah, be like yeah. a family home. I don't know. But to keep the wardrobe? Yeah, the wardrobe should go. Yeah. Even if right. you keep the house, that wardrobe burned. That it. thing would have been toothpicks the week after it happened. Yeah. Unless you actually get to Narnia with that wardrobe and you have to keep that specific wardrobe. Those kids are stuck in Narnia now because they toothpicked <laughs> that wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> Aslan, <Yeah>. save us. <laughs> Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Just a very, very few. So Okay, so hit us with those fun facts. When the film was originally released, it became both the highest grossing Korean horror film of all time and the first one to be screened in American theaters. And as I mentioned, it has been added to the 1001 films you should see before you die. Oh. It didn't do great here. And it wasn't released on that many theaters. Right. I saw it not long after it was released here on DVD in college when they screened uh, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the two ghosts that appear in the house are never fully identified, but several clues and symbolism reveal who they are. The first ghost who's the one with the bent neck is actually her mother and it's because yeah. she hung herself and then the green ghost is the ghost of Su young i know i kind of went over that but just in case yeah. you were unclear oh the mother was a ghost too yeah. the mother's the bent neck ghost i'm an idiot because <laughs> she hung herself and the hand crawling out down her leg is symbolic that her child is also dead that yeah. that's why there's a hand the original script as i mentioned had them installing security cameras that's why he's still playing with that camera in that one scene uh the reason they wrote that out is because the director felt like it ruined the mystery of the film that it revealed it too early an extended ending shows sumi committing suicide after she is readmitted to the institution by ingesting all of her pills oh. to finally reunite with her mom and sister but this was cut because because it was considered too depressing and the film instead ends with her smiling after her sister ghost kills the stepmother finally finding peace yeah i much preferred the happy ending of this movie if, <laughs> if you can call it a happy ending yeah no no no, no you can, that's my point you cannot yeah. like it's still yeah. super depressing yeah although i'll say this like when something traumatic like this happens to a family it affects everyone very differently yeah so i like that she doesn't kill herself and the dad definitely like shoved it down and just like mm -hmm. was alone because he's a horrible horrible guy but that's like a sort of a man thing to do right mm -hmm. i don't know I, I like that she was i don't know not that sumi got a happy ending but that she got a peaceful ending right yeah yeah but yeah that's it there there's literally not that many fun facts okay. 90, per 90 percent of the fun facts you find online are people being like did you know that the mom is fake and you're just like ah. <laughs> i did know that website that's pointing out what happens in the movie yes all right do you guys want to talk box office real quick yes yeah there's not a lot to it because i couldn't find a lot of information although Paige, i'd be interested do you know the numbers it made in korea i don't okay i only look at like theatrical runs in the u.s and then sometimes they'll also have like worldwide but if it's a foreign film they don't capture that side of it yeah they only capture domestic from a u.s perspective mm -hmm. so the financial information i have does not include budget and also says that it only made seventy three thousand four hundred and thirty dollars in its box office run domestically but i mean it, i don't think it would have even got here unless it made a ton of money yeah in its original market 
Right. Uh, the budget was $3.7 million. That's not bad, man. Now, this movie came out in the U.S. on December 3rd, 2004. And I'm not going to read you all the movies that beat it because it's pretty much like every movie. Everything, yeah. But it came out the same weekend that National Treasure was number one. The Polar Express was out. The Incredibles. SpongeBob SquarePants, Alexander, Finding Neverland, Bridget Jones Diary were all in the theaters when this was out in the US. But that weekend it opened up, like it only made $73,000. It was only in one theater its opening weekend. Its highest theater count was 4. Yeah. So it did not get okay. a nationwide release here. Yeah, I think I it would have done much better had it had one, but I think so too. I think it's one of those movies that definitely found its audience in streaming and Blu-ray and DVD. So that's box office. All right, so let's do that scary scale, Mikey. Yeah, scary scale users, not users, <laughs> listeners. Uh, is a scale one to ten, uh, being how scary we found the film when we watched it uh, for this podcast. Uh, one example is Ghostbusters, and ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's not a rating of the quality of the film, just how scary we thought it was. Paige? I think I'm going to give it a three. That's about where I'm at this time. It was definitely the first time I saw it in the dark, in the theater, having very little horror experience. It was a hardcore 10 the first yeah. time. <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's a solid three this time. <laughs> but great, okay. great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the scary scale is how we were today. I mean, it's not right. like how yeah. scary you were when you watched it. So, like, I get that. For me, I'm going to give it a four. I'll say, had I watched this in the theaters, in the dark, it'd probably be an eight. It would probably be much, much higher. But I watched it because I was expecting it to be, like, super scary because it was your 10. I was watching it in the day. Like, yeah. Natalie was with me. like, And it just was not as scary as I was thinking it was. And I think you would have sort of hyped it up in my brain. So I was expecting it to be scarier than it was. I know. I feel I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just let it let it fly and right. see what happened. And the uh, subtitles do take me out of it when I'm taking notes and trying to, like, yeah. pause the movies. I don't miss anything. And I'm, like, going back to it. So, I mean, I'm going to give it a solid four. But I can I definitely understand why you gave it a 10. Yes. Mikey, what did you think? I think I'm going to go with you and give it a four. I I, yeah. I was I watched it alone. I did watch it in the day because I was expecting it to be like terrifying, yeah. really scary. <laughs> but I thought it was like real creepy throughout the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So this week, Paige, you made us watch A Tale of Two Sisters. What are you making us watch next week? Now, next week's a little bit complicated, but I wanted to give you a reprieve before the week after, which I know you're going to hate. Paige, I cannot do more complicated than Tale of Two Sisters. <laughs> Compared to Tale of Two Sisters, this next movie is literally brainless. Nice! I'm back in. It's going to be an easy one before we get into uh, something that I know you're both going to dislike the week after. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that I love and I've watched many times, even though many people are like, watching that movie is excruciating. And I'm like, I know I liked it. Uh, so, <laughs> but before we get to that, we're going to do something a little bit interesting. Now, this next movie was part of a double feature. Okay. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. Now, we can't do the full double feature because that would be like a five hour long podcast and three hours of it would just be Todd talking about how he hates one of the movies. And oh. I'm pretty sure you're going to love the so other we're doing one. Planet Terror? Yeah, we're I, doing Planet because Terror. Because I know the other one is Quentin Tarantino's movie, and I do not love Quentin now, Tarantino. here's the thing about Death Proof, which is the other movie. It is debatable as to whether or not it's a horror movie. I do think, I think it's a slasher with cars. 
personally. Okay. Um, okay. It's it's not a bad movie. It's you know one that I think there's not a ton to talk about, but it's a long movie, and yeah. I think that's kind of the challenge with it where. It's a pretty slow movie. It's a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of plotting. And then there's like two pretty cool car segments at the beginning of the end. If you want to be a completionist, I highly encourage you to do so. Go ahead and watch all of Death Proof and all of Planet Terror. Go for it. What I do want to do to make sure that we get at least some of this experience, I do want to include the fake trailers in our watching of Planet Terror. Okay. Uh, And I will give a brief overview of Death Proof in the, you know, as we kind of go through it. Um, But I do realize that watching both is a marathon, almost five hour long viewing experience. Some might call it a slog. It's not that bad. I've done it, but whatever. I honestly haven't seen it. I'm just not a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino. I like some of his stuff, but some of it I can't stand. Here, because here's the thing, because I pitched this to you and you were like, no, we're definitely not doing both. (laughs) But what would you say if I told you that it's Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell was in Hateful Eight, and that movie's fucking terrible. Okay, but (laughs) but hear me out. It's younger, sexier Kurt Russell, and he plays a stuntman that kills people with his car. I mean, if Robert Rodriguez directed it, I'm on board. No, he didn't, but he did direct Planet Terror, and that's why we're watching Planet Terror. Now, (laughs) Death Proof is, from an academic standpoint, considered to be one of the better of the two by some people. I personally find Planet Terror to be much more enjoyable. It is very much a Mikey movie, which makes me kind of surprised that you have not seen it. I don't know. I can't believe I haven't seen it either. And I'm so excited we're watching it. So please watch the fake trailers for Grindhouse and Planet Terror for next week. I'm super excited. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. I have a review. Awesome. So while Mikey's looking up that review and perusing it for, you know, just making sure it's appropriate, let me tell you how you can have your review run on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review and, uh, you know, write something out, let Mikey have a little fun with it, and we'll read it on the podcast. Okay. You got one, Mikey? It All sounds right. like you do. I got one. It's, like, nice. goofy. I-, I think you'll like it. All it's right. short but goofy. The-, the guy's username is Todd Stan. Okay. But he says, favorite podcast, exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, apparently he stands you, Todd. Hey, listen, I am here <laughs> for it. You can stand all you want, baby. So then he says, Brando the Commando here. <laughs> yes. Wow. And I've been listening to podcasts for months now, and you guys are hilarious. I work at night shift, so listening to your podcast gets me through the night. Keep up the great work, guys. Awesome. It was my birthday on Monday, Aww. so I'm 22 years old. Oh, well, happy birthday. Your whole life is ahead of you. <laughs> he has made a request okay. that Todd let the ladies know that he is single. <laughs> Brando the Commando is single, ladies. ladies. <laughs> I love five it. Five stars. <laughs> well, Brando the Commando, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. We're so glad you let us keep you company over the night shift. Although, to me, listening to a horror podcast on the night shift would be my nightmare. So, I mean, I'm glad you can handle it. I always used to do it during night shifts. Oof, I can't do it. I mean, podcasts, sure. I'd do the one ear in, one ear out thing because I'd be afraid of a ghost like sneaking up on me, but I could do it. I used to work in the store alone, especially when we were doing inventory, just like super late and whatever, like or like me and one other person or whatever. I would just be like price checking things or whatever, and I would yeah. always listen to horror podcasts. It would get spooky, but it was super fun. 
Spooky, spooky. Well, guys, oh. if you want to leave us a five-star review, we'll have Mikey read it on the podcast. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, so if you would, check out their shows at consequenceofsound.net. You can also go to our website at horrorvirgin.com and check out some great stuff there and links to the merch store. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Horror Virgin everywhere. Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is just Paige Wesley, at Paige Wesley, I should say. Yep. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome. And if you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin, where we have a lot of great levels and a lot of great perks for those who subscribe on Patreon, literally hours and hours of bonus content, me watching trailers, bonus episodes, like a lot of great stuff you guys could check out. Um, but if you can't help financially support the show, don't feel obligated to, but if you want to get your free daily content from the horror virgin, join that horror virgin. Virgin Facebook community where we have over a 1400 awesome family members that uh, are really the I think most supportive group on Facebook it's amazing so thank you guys so much for being a part of that and please join it's a lot of fun and if you want to hear us on other podcasts we three have another podcast called Romancing the Pod where we do hilarious takedowns and breakdowns of romantic and romantic comedy movies Paige is also on Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast so check her out there both of those are amazing as well this episode was brought to you by Nick B Nick B fun fact oh yeah He's actually uh, the biological father of Katie and Christy. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. From this movie? <laughs> the the uh, Paranormal Activity 3. <laughs> so the reason Katie and Christy have a stepdad is because Nick B yeah. got their mom pregnant and then went back to the UK. Right. But yeah. He was a sailor, remember? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, Nick B just setting up franchises across across the country. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he watched the movie and he's like, glad I left. <laughs> <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Ori. Ori is super helpful because after watching this movie, she like sat down and explained to me what I watched. Because when I watched this movie, I had no idea what the hell was happening. So Ori, big thanks to you for helping me like understand what we were shown during the movie. Thank you so much. Yes. I also appreciate Paige doing the same for me. Yes. <laughs> we now return you to another episode of the, the Patrioticals. So uh, everybody's real frustrated that they're stuck in the Old West Matrix. Yeah. But they have a plan to get out now. Uh, it's the, the train. So they all, they all uh, get on the relationship. <laughs> they fly the boat and land on the train. They're flying a boat. Well, Kate's using her oh, tele Oh, that's right. Telepathy. That's right. She can, she can yeah. do everything. So Kate is flying with <laughs> right. them in the boat. Okay, cool. She ate enough people to power up her telekinesis <laughs> to move yeah. the boat. <laughs> She's not a cannibal, okay? Yeah, you got to pay attention, Paige. Ugh. I don't know. A lot of people be eating a lot of people in this story. That is true. So the, the relationship lands on the train that circles the simulation because that's where they can break out. And um, Sasha and Evil Matthew and Isaac... They've kind of become their own little kind of like team right. or whatever. They they go to the back of the boat. They start, uh, they jump off onto the train and start killing uh, a bunch of simulated people who are guarding the train. And uh, Kate is having to stay on the boat to keep the boat from falling off the train with her powers or whatever. So the boat landed on the train, but the boat is like still in danger of falling off the train. Yeah. I mean, you can't balance a, a boat on a moving train. I mean, I've never ridiculous. tried. That's fair. I don't know. 
<laughs> we didn't write it, Mikey. You could have written the boat to be wherever you want it to yeah. be. <laughs> the boat fits perfectly on the train. It could be a pontoon <laughs> boat. You don't know. It's not a pontoon. It's a big yacht. That's how I picture it. <laughs> so Tristam has the be, be the one that connects with the computer system inside the thing. So him and Karun, for some reason, decides to go with him. And um, <laughs> Eddie <laughs> brings along Dave. And basically what they do is they hold Dave in front of them. And Dave takes all the bullets. And then they <laughs> as they get up, Tristan knocks them out. Uh, but Dave dies in the process getting up. Yeah, they used him like a damn human shield. He can die and come back to life. It's his whole thing. I mean, it's still pretty rough. Like, that would not be comfortable. Yes. So then they um, do it, and then the whole simulation goes down. They all start waking up in their little pods. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They do it, and <laughs> it is getting out of the simulation. You glazed over how they get out of the simulation, Mikey. Oh, I thought people just started fucking. <laughs> you were like, they wow. do it. And I was like, wow, this took wow. a turn. Wow. Wow. Jason connected his... USB cable to the train and they shut down the simulation. So he cyber sexed the train and it was so uh-huh. good for the train. The train let him out. Uh-huh. He got all up in that port. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they all start waking up and they're like little pods and they're like, they, they, it comes up and it's like, Tss. but in the process, um, only one Matthew comes out oh. and uh, it's got half a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> so no mustache and just goatee. Yeah. See, yeah, I was picturing like, side to side. Me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I feel like I feel like it's good that we cleared it up. He doesn't know what's up, so that people are worried. Like, oh, the Matthews are missing or fucked up or whatever. And so, um, <laughs> um, they go outside. Sasha goes outside, and she's like, "Oh my god." She's like, we're in an Antarctica. Okay. In in an, an- Antarctica or <laughs> they're in, the, in, they're the in, Antarctica. In, they're in the Antarctica. Because there's penguins and there's ice and it's cold and she finds a map. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a giveaway. Yeah. Okay. I was like, penguins could be anywhere. Ice, that could be just cold. Oh, and there's a map. Oh, okay. She walks up to a mall kiosk that says, you are here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, they, and they're like, what What happened? And it was, uh, we were in like the top secret Illuminati prison. Eddie talks to a penguin and they're like, yeah, the Illuminati bought y'all here. You know, you guys were all unconscious and shit, and then one of them flying subs landed or whatever. And um, <laughs> you know, the flying subs whatever. you see all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. normal. Yeah, the penguin sees them all the time because he lives by the Illuminati prison, so it's like normal to him. It's right. like a Tuesday. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, you've been in the old west for three months. Oh wow. Yeah, and then finally, finally, uh, a, a a face on the screen comes, and and this guy's like, my name is. Code name Odin Bones, and I'm coming to kill y'all. <laughs> and he looks like Scaramanga from oh. Live and Let Die. <laughs> okay. In the distance, they see a flying sub headed headed towards them, and that's how the episode ends. All right. What happened to the extra Matthew? Is Code Name his first name? Do the <laughs> penguins get jealous that in Mikey's mind subs can fly, but they can't? Find out <laughs> next week on another episode of. The, the Patriarchals. That's going to be it for us this week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. Keep it oogie spooky. Ooh. <laughs> Have an amazing week. Bye. Like the Korean older brother ghost is like, <laughs> stay the fuck out of my room. Nuts tap nerds. <laughs> 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 
Consequence Podcast Network.